Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Huh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. A lot of people do get married on plantations. I know. And I said to my boyfriend last night, I go, if I become a ghost, I'm going to go to plantations and haunt people who get married. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Hello, and welcome to Counterintelligency, a show where we explore all the kinds of intelligency, emotional, running a multi-million dollar business, analytical, and even colorful intelligency. We all have our own different ways of not being total idiots. Let's celebrate it. Let's make America intelligency again. But like, actually... Joining us today to at least make The Bachelor slightly less mind-numbingly stupid, Vulture recapper extraordinaire, Allie Barthwell. Thanks for joining us, Allie. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone. Yeah, this is long overdue. We're so excited to (laughs) to have you on. on. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot for us to talk about today, I think. Yeah, I was a little disappointed I wasn't on last week for, like, the uproar of Corinne, but I'm excited I got to see, like, her emotional triumph over Taylor this week. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. still a lot of Corinne. <laughs> right. I mean, I I suspect we're going to continue to yeah, have a I lot of I'm Corinne. Yeah, I think a few Corinne defenders. Oh, so wow. So I'm excited to get another Corinne-heavy episode. I, I am, like, such a Taylor stan, so this is going to get really intense. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So we have this moment between Taylor and Corinne in their argument where Corinne decides that instead of just sitting there and listening to Taylor's criticisms, she's going to just project all of that onto Taylor herself. I thought that was pretty brutal to watch. What did you think? I thought it was like a, a master manipulation move. Like, she was channeling Cersei in that moment. Because from the rest of the episode on, it was no longer about any legitimate criticism of Corinne. It was about Taylor bullying Corinne. So anything that Taylor said to Nick was, like, immediately squashed because Corinne batted her Has big positioned eyes her said, as a bully. Right. I want to be clear. I don't, there, I don't think there was actually bullying going on. No. <laughs> I didn't witness any. No. I still can't get over how Corinne managed to initiate this argument 
and then well, she, somehow make herself out to be the victim of it. Like, it was her idea. To I mean, have it this is talk. masterful. And then she also manipulated, she kind of baited Taylor into being her most condescending self. And then yeah, somehow proved her maturity to Nick by talking about it, which is shocking because if you've watched this show a lot, you know that usually it is the death sentence to spend your time with the lead talking about another person in the house. And I think Corinne is sort of getting away with it because the stuff that Nick was really enjoying with her, people were also criticizing. Like, people were criticizing the bouncy house, and he was like, but that made me very happy. (laughs) Yeah, he was like, but I enjoyed that sexually. He was like, why don't you want me to be happy in a bouncy house? So I think he's seeing now that, like, oh, people just don't want me and my penis to be happy. That's true. I don't really care that much He's like, you've got to look out for number one and number two. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is which? which? Who knows? Yeah. Depends on the day. Um, and I thought that the way that Corinne handled Taylor was almost too obvious, though. Like, it was such a Jedi mind trick moment, except that the Jedi mind trick doesn't exist in real life. Like, she starts just assaulting Taylor with all the, you're a bitch, everyone hates you. And then she says, right now you feel how I felt yesterday, alone and sad. And then she <laughs> smiles. And then and Taylor's like, like wait, I don't actually feel feels. those things. That was a great moment. But then you see her start to question, maybe I do feel those things. Yeah, there's a moment in Taylor's eyes where, like, the light goes out for a brief moment as she considers, like, oh, God, am I the bitch? And she tries to be like, oh, well, maybe I'm not being fake nice. I'm just considerate of other people's time and don't want to waste their time by saying and it's over the smallest thing of saying hi or not saying hi to people when you walk into a room for breakfast right I, and that's another kind of villain we get sometimes is the villain that never seems to do anything wrong but maybe she doesn't smile at people enough in the house yeah. and i guess they're setting up they set up taylor to be this very abruptly to be that sort of villain but unfortunately, we also have Corinne, who is a much more scheming, Overt exciting villain. villain. Yeah, I think they set it up as a two-on-one of two, two kinds of villainy facing yeah. off. And, and I have been a Corinne defender, and I will continue to defend her. But I don't think—this is the first time I think we've seen Corinne, like, go after someone on the first attack. She's mostly just been, like, off in her own world, like, dreaming of her nanny— and trying not to get cow poop on her designer shoes. Yeah, Corinne kind of lost me this episode. Like, I think she's obviously very entertaining, and I think she's leaning into this character, and I, like, you know, I can't falter for that. Like, you go on reality TV, you want to make a splash. Like, I I get it. That's not, you know, that's not so bad. But I do think, like, she's not very kind in this episode. She's saying a lot of just, like, bye, bitch, I'm the queen, I won, like, She's gross, like just really kind of immature, gloating immature. I know it's so shocking. (laughs) I mean, some really emotionally intelligent and deep statements. um, It was hard not to watch that and just see a little bit of trying to deal with the popular girl in your school. 
Yeah, I probably she's, she has I'm that a little biased against that um, personality type too. It's not biased <laughs> if they're just bad people. I don't know what to say. Um, okay, like so the things that Corinne gets yeah. away with saying, and Taylor is painted as the bully. Like she's sitting there legitimately saying, "Well, I started this confrontation, and I don't like what you said to me. Also, everyone hates you, and you're a bitch, and no one in this house wants you around." And Taylor still is supposed to come off as the bully in this scenario. And I know a lot of people who are watching took Corinne's side, which just baffles me um, because Corinne yeah, was I think, so I think mean. I'm one of the ones that took Corinne's side. I mean, at a certain point, uh, like Taylor, her def- like her use of her mental health background to diagnose Corinne or to try and teach her about emotional intelligence at a certain point, she just was repeating the phrase emotional yes. intelligence. No, I agree. She did not do herself it. many favors this episode. But, no. like, that's the standard that we have is Taylor has to do it all right. And Corinne can be a, a psycho, crazy No, bitch. I thought that they were both coming off pretty poorly. And I, yeah. still pref- I still felt a little more kindred spirits with Taylor. And I think in real life, I would much prefer to spend time with her. But I didn't I did think that she came off a condescending yeah i and I, it's it's not hard to appear condescending when you're having to explain like fundamental right. concepts of human interaction exactly to she was being baited into it like you could see exactly how she got there and like she's also 23 i mean yeah they're like, they're, they're the both same young. level in terms of like time spent on earth dealing with <laughs> other humans oh man when i was 23 i would have been such a, a basket case on this show Whereas now, I think I would handle it really well. <laughs> okay, so I think we need to move on. Um, the rose, rose ceremony. ceremony. I don't know. Corinne's really hoping Taylor goes home. Taylor's hoping Corinne goes home. Obviously, neither of them go home. Instead, Astrid and Sarah are eliminated. Yeah, was anyone surprised by that? Not. I, I was surprised Sarah went home just because she had seemed... I don't know. She seemed really invested, and he sort of seemed responding to her. But we again, hadn't really like seen him. Point, we haven't seen interact so many, with like, either of them. There's people getting roses that we haven't seen, right? Too. Yeah, yeah. Like I wouldn't. There's like a whole six people that I wouldn't be surprised if any combination of them had gone home. Yeah, but once yeah. once Catherine was one of those people getting roses that we never saw, and then she rose like a dark I, that's horse. A, Whitney could be that. Whitney pack. is the one that could be that. Oh my god, dark I horse. hope not. Um, Astrid was the one who sort of stole the hot tub victory from Rachel. Yeah, and I yes. think she karma really got its own. Uh, back. Well, judging from Instagram, um, actually Whitney, Astrid, and Rachel seem to have been sort of like a click. Fine. <laughs> ruin my ruin my whole thing. Yeah, Astrid, Astrid and Rachel were spending the whole weekend together. It was all over Instagram. I don't know if anyone has stalked <laughs> Rachel as thoroughly as I have. Probably not. <laughs> Although I did look at her Insta at her LinkedIn. It looks very professional. She's very accomplished. That's that's I all did I got. see I did see everyone on Twitter talking about how great Rachel is. There's a lot ben of Higgins. Yeah, there's a lot of lady love and also like general Oh, yeah, general Bachelor Nation love for Rachel. But I like that so many of the women um, were tweeting about each other. And, like, Rachel included was tweeting about Raven. Like, if you say anything about Raven, like, you go through me. Like, they were all standing up for each other. It was pretty cute. (laughs) Yeah, they all, I I remember they all loved it. Outside of Corinne and Taylor, 
there's any other drama in the house. Which is why they have to get three episodes out of this fake feud. Exactly. Yeah. They're they, they are stretching it for all it's worth. Yeah, and On I loved how note, Josephine was, like, getting into it. She was like, this is my chance. Oh, <laughs> Josephine just is trying to get that screen time. It sort of worked. A little bit. You have to see a lot of her eating canapes. So after the rose ceremony, they go to New Orleans, which it's certainly a better location than Waukesha. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've never been to either, but um, judging just on what I saw on the screen, <laughs> it did look a little more exciting. <laughs> they went to a Marriott. Did you guys see? Oh, the J, a JW Marriott in New Orleans, Ooh. and they kind of ran around in the in the hotel suites. I heard, I heard it's the perfect place to fall in love, specifically in that Marriott. <laughs> the penthouse suites are just adorable. <laughs> that was my main takeaway from this episode. There was a moment where they were like, "Oh my God, the view!" And the view was of like three other hotels and, and no beach or water or greenery. They were like, oh, my God, a window. They let us have a window. Yeah, I think they, it, it seemed like they just thought a view was when you're high up and it doesn't matter what you're looking at. Yeah, I mean, you could be looking at like a cool cityscape, but it, it looked more like the view out of a standard New York apartment which is, like, other buildings, not very no attractive No sunlight, ones. really. Yeah. <laughs> Look, an and air shaft. And they also say that Jamie is from New Orleans, so she's hoping to get on a one-on-one so she can show him around the city. And we obviously know Jamie will not be getting a one-on-one. That is not how the show—they're never like, oh, Nick, we just happen to be in the hometown of one of your ladies, so the date today <laughs> is going to be—she'll show you all her— fit. No, that's the hometown date. It's a whole different right. episode. Um, poor Jamie does not get the one-on-one, but Rachel gets the one-on-one. Oh. I was so excited. I love Rachel. She's so great. She just seems like a normal, actual human. Yes, exactly. And yet here she is on The Bachelor <laughs> and doing really yeah, well. I want the best for her. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, and like, I love Nick. I always have. But when I see them together, I'm like... She's Rachel, too good run! For you. you can do better. <laughs> <laughs> and then I feel guilty, but I really feel like I I see Rachel ending up with with someone whose main career isn't being on reality television. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dare to dream. Yeah. Well, at least Nick seems to recognize how awesome she is. I I really yeah. like, loved this date. It felt kind of more normal. They're just kind of walking around the city. Um, eating beignets and dancing to live music. Like, it looked normal and fun. And Rachel makes a joke about oysters being an aphrodisiac. I don't think she enjoyed the oyster. (laughs) She was like, there's got to be some redeeming value. Um, (laughs) And I think this is a date that, like, Nick likes because he went on one in his hometown where he's like, we'll just walk around. And they don't make for great TV, like watching two people have a good, normal, fun time. No, it's better TV watching people shovel, shovel poop on a farm. Yeah, yeah I loved watching <laughs> but that. But it's like, oh, this is, you kind of get an actual sense to imagine, like, what would these people look like if they were on a first date or something. Right, exactly. 
you're like, oh, I could see these two going on a date. And they have genuine chemistry, which which Nick says. He says, like, my chemistry with Rachel is probably the most explosive of which anyone. I don't think that he needs to be using the word explosive. No, no. Um, but no. we, we in that I appreciated his, you know, general interest. Um, and <laughs> And he just seems super into her. And in the evening portion, he, like, even says— I'm kind of skipping ahead, but he he says to her, like, I may be breaking rules here, but I'm super into you. And I really loved that moment. I thought that was very sweet and felt genuine. And Nick is a very controlled and self-aware person. Mm-hmm. So I think in these, uh, there's been a couple one-on-ones, like I think with Vanessa, with Raven, and now with Rachel, where you sort of see him loosen up a little bit. Yeah, It's like his guard comes down and yeah. he forgets that he's, trying to like keep everything in control and what the producers have told him to ask to get the best story about whatever on the date. And he's just is enjoying being with them. And he even, I think goes a little further than that when he goes, if I meet your father, what do I call him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, she's going on the hometown. I know. Date. He I mean, was skipping yeah. way ahead. He's already planning ahead. Like, okay, I'm going to go on the hometown and meet her dad. I'm going to call him sir because I'm very scared of him. Like he already knows He's going to be very scared of him. He's like, I'm going to be like, sorry about the previous two fathers I asked for a hand in marriage. And also the three other ones I'm about to do this with. But, sir, (laughs) I'm super into your daughter. Um, It's interesting because I feel like Nick has difficulty spreading it around. Like, I think he's used to being able to just funnel all of his romantic attention into one person. And when he has to make everyone feel comfortable but also have separate relationships with each of them his default is just to not be demonstrative toward any of them and not seem that interested so the fact that he said like when i'm with you i don't think about anything else i think that's what he needs because otherwise he just completely clams up as soon as he thinks about another woman he's like nope this is weird like i shouldn't be doing this yeah um so I'm, I was shocked, but Rachel got a rose. <laughs> um, they're at, they're having dinner at, I don't know how to really put this, but there are Mardi Gras floats everywhere and it's dark. It's very bizarre. It's like, it's a warehouse where they, they have all the floats. So they don't so just appear every year? I have a bunch of family that live in New Orleans and like are in Mardi Gras parades and stuff. Mm. And it's like a warehouse where they keep all the floats. Oh, that oh. makes sense. And I yeah. guess production was like, oh, this will look cool. Romantic dinner. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no weirder than being in any other building that's, like, completely empty and it's just two people there. Yeah. And I and each, like, they're called crews. And, like, each crew has their own warehouse. And the really big ones have, like, tons of floats. And there's, like, little ones. It's just, like, a local community organization. That's so and cool. And my aunt is on a crew. And she her son posted a, picture, a video on Facebook of her doing, like, a little stroll into, like, a party. Because it was just Mardi Gras recently in New Orleans, too. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, it was a really creepy setting, though, I yeah. thought. <laughs> like, this was... Because it was, like, dark, and there were vague glimpses in the flickering candlelight of distorted faces. And, and we also know that they they always film these, like, way well past when dinner would actually occur. It's the middle of the night. So they're, like, they're at it's a like graveyard for 11 Mardi Gras p.m. Flights. and they're <laughs> in a warehouse. 
And this Ra- episode really relied on spooky as like a general theme. Oh, God. Yes, it did. Well, that's what New Orleans is. It's just a spooky place. <laughs> full it's of, just full of ghosts and jazz. Yeah, exactly. And not, not a whole lot of jazz. They really leaned more on the ghosts. They really did. <laughs> um, and Rachel actually brings up that the, she was in New Orleans previously and danced in one of these parades because um, she was there for a funeral. And I was really surprised we didn't actually get any more detail on that. I know. Well, I wonder also if she just chose not to but she, go into detail. She did bring it up. Like, yeah, that felt it, sort of like bait to me. And he was sort of like, so tell me about the rest of your family. And she was like, oh, okay. We're not yeah, talking we about the Yeah, we didn't really then. go into that. I also thought it was sort of a interesting coincidence that both Vanessa and Rachel attended funerals right before well, oh, what, yeah. a, what else could make an intelligent, self-possessed woman go on The Bachelor? Yeah, yeah some yeah. great loss. Yeah, they're both and just reeling. I think reeling. it was like a, a normal date story, and it wasn't like, oh, let me tell you this horrible story about how I was cheated on or like some crazy illness. Like It was just like, yeah, I, I had a death in, in my close circle, so I decided to change things up. Like It felt yeah, normal, and true. it felt like it actually was respected in the way they framed it. Yeah, so I was, like, pretty happy about that. That's true. She also did the thing, though, where they, like, compared their parents' marital statuses. Like, it was, like, the Raven exchange where they're like, yeah, wow. So crazy that both of us have parents who are still together. And I think at this point, it's a 50, you have a 50-50 shot <laughs> um, of your parents still being together. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, it's not unusual if your parents are divorced. It's equally unusual if your parents and it's are not, not divorced. An achievement that you have achieved. No. Like you had nothing to do with that. Right. It is literally not, not a reflection on anything. <laughs> but it just goes to show, you know, that like you also won't get divorced because it's in the bloodstream, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's a genetic. <laughs> it's it's an infectious disease. Uh the, I I think it's actually less than half of uh, cuz a lot of divorces happen early on in the marriage. So by the time that you have kids, and then it's like 40% of marriages end in divorce, some of those are like repeat divorces, I have to say it's more likely than not that your parents are still (laughs) together. Like that just drives me crazy every time they do it. Um, But I think too much about divorce rates. Um, (laughs) Just a little little Um, psychological tidbit about me. did, Did anyone else think that Rachel's like final lines about how like, she doesn't believe in fairy tales, but she believes in today, and today is a fairy tale. I was like, is this your... That's a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> okay, but it also today felt... Was a fairy tale. That's true. I'm sorry. But it also felt a little bit like an audition for Bachelorette. I was like, these are the metaphors you need to use Yeah, when you're and I think her whole story, her, like, story of, oh, I haven't felt this emotional, I haven't opened up to anyone... Like this is the this is her intro reel for her season. Exactly. It'd be like I didn't open up to anyone, and then I opened up to Nick, and it didn't work out. But I but still now believe I'm ready. In today's. The only excuse for her not to be Bachelorette at this point is if she wins. I I just don't see how they could go with any because they've used as an excuse so many times. You know, like we need a fan favorite, we need someone who's, who's made, it far, made it far enough, and she's clearly going to be all those things. Right. I think... And it's just, you know, you think about the last couple Bachelorettes, no offense to them, but they were like 25, 27. 
Uh, Rachel's 31. Caitlin was, thir- Caitlin was 30. Was she? Yeah. Caitlin was 30. So she's... Oh, uh... uh, okay. But it's like she's a little more mature. She's a lawyer. She has something going for her. Yeah, she has that Andy-like uh, strength, but she's a little softer and I think less controlled than Andy. I think she'd be great TV. Yeah. Although I'm usually wrong about that, so about casting what would be great tv i'm like oh that would be great tv and then it happens and it's the most boring season of all time they're gonna switch it at the last season at the last minute to alexis and everyone's gonna wear shark costumes oh god if it's alexis i i know I people want, love I alexis see, but she's oh no, made, it, she's a paradise person she 100 percent will not be the bachelorette but some she's of us hilarious. are bachelorettes and some of us are bachelor and paradise stars like that's just how <laughs> the world works the world works okay so then we move on to the group date, till death do us part. And at Jessica, that point, Christina, Raven, Alexis, Jamie, Vanessa, Danielle M, Whitney, Jasmine, and Danielle L, which means that Corinne and Taylor are left on the dreaded two-on-one. Yeah, I thought it was a little naive how Corinne and Taylor both were like, well, at least I'm going to get rid of this other person. And I was like, no, once you're on the two-on-one date, it's over for you. You're not going to win. Right. No one who goes on the (laughs) two-on-one wins. Yeah. You're just a tool for producer drama. Like, once you get the two-on-one date card, then that's when you have to stand up and say, I'm still here as a tool for producer drama. And I can either lean into it or I can leave gracefully now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But first, we have the Till Death Do Us Part date, and this they go date. to a plantation. Uh, this God. date got me all the way fucked up. I cannot <laughs> stand it. It was yeah, real bad. It was bad. It was not okay. And I and I understand that, like, if you're in a southern city, the majority of your landmarks are going to be, like, antebellum south landmarks. <laughs> But there was, like, no acknowledgement of, like, oh, this is what this was or anything. Not even a little. They were like, look, this little white girl who lived here. She had yellow fever. What? A, that's the and greatest tragedy. Josephine was even like, oh, this is so romantic. Can you imagine getting married here? A lot of oh, people do that. get married on plantations. I know. And I said to my boyfriend last night, I go, if I become a ghost, I'm going to go to plantations and haunt people who get married. <laughs> And just, like, force the groom to to poop his pants, like, in the middle of the vows and knock things (laughs) over onto the dresses. I like that as a ghost mission. Or you could just become a producer and put X-Lax in a contestant's coffee and put her in a white dress, you know? (laughs) There are a lot of ways that you could accomplish that. Um, Just something to think about. I don't know. I've been watching too much Unreal also. Also, um, why did this date last for seven hours? This was, like, most of the episode. Yeah. Like, I, like why? There was no and substance. I and I don't know what they were trying. They already did the, like, gross-out date. Yeah. Which I hate anyway. But, like, <laughs> at this point, it's like, do an activity or go dance. or Like, do something else than, like, trying to scare people with, like, magic shop props falling off the wall. Right, they were like, what if we turn off the lights and then make them sit over a Ouija board? Can you believe that the lights went off at the same time that they went and used the Ouija board? Because 
Like, how could that have happened other than supernatural interference? <laughs> I, I also was offended that they, like, made this all out to be Jasmine's fault. Oh, gosh. She touched the so hat. It was like, she touched the hat and she mocked the ghost because she didn't know the ghost's name. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> when, like, I, I really liked Jasmine on the stage. I really like Jasmine. She's not, you know, maybe not getting enough time, but I think she's like actually very funny. She is, and they they and did like that little Megan or Molly, yeah, Mary, Molly, whatever. I was like, I, I was like, she just Beckyed the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> it was so like she was the only one who wouldn't play into the whole "this is so creepy, I don't like it" thing. So then I feel like well, production, a number production of was like, we're going to break her. <laughs> we're going to make yeah. her fear for her life. Well, you already knew that Alexis and Danielle L. legitimately believe in ghosts. So they were But Alexis isn't that scared of them. No, she's As, more scared of Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ghost of Nicolas Cage, though. Whew. Um, and Raven seems to enjoy the spookiness a little bit. Um, Vanessa just doesn't want to engage with the spirit world. I was like, Vanessa, pull it together. <laughs> well, they kept Vanessa. It wasn't Vanessa with someone else. They went and like asked the ghost. Mm. Danielle M. I think Vanessa and Danielle M. are good friends. I feel like they were just baited. They were must have been so bored because they must have been sitting in this house for like eight hours. But this is what I and think. Asking the ghost, like, who's going to get a rose? I was like, that ghost does not care. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think if I were a little eight-year-old girl who died of yellow fever, all I would ever think about is, you know, who is going to win a reality dating show contest? I think that ghost already all I think about. Or context for The Bachelor. Right, exactly. Like, that ghost is like, what is a television yeah, that ghost has no idea what's going on. That ghost, like, wants some grits, like, transported to the spirit world. But, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, you ask the ghost a question that's a yes or no question, and then you don't know what the flickering means. Does it mean yes or no? You should have thought that through before you asked the question. Right. And they kept asking the ghost yes or no questions on the Ouija, and they kept giving them letters that weren't Y or N. <laughs> Why would you ask an Ouija board Oh, yes or no question. No, there there usually is like a yes or no okay. option, like above the letters. I don't yeah, know if anyone else like right at the, my played with these one. when they were when like they were young. My parents found out. I was like, <laughs> you can't touch that. I um I don't feel comfortable messing with the spirit world. It's you just don't engage. You don't it, engage. I don't get it's not because I like believe in it, but you know, why touch the hat is all I'm saying. Um, also, the I think they just invested so much in the production of this date. The Bachelor interns much, must have been there very were busy. There crashing chandeliers. There were, like, shattering china plates. They had to just use a bunch of the footage because they were like, we went all in on this date. <laughs> like, what are we supposed to do with this episode? Do we have any takeaways from this date other than, like, it was weird and unnecessary? There was a weird Beauty and the Beast tie-in because oh, the rose was I under like a rose. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, because they played the trailer during the commercial break, and they had those weird. Um, they would cut to like Josh Gad and the and guy Luke who plays Gaston, and the guy who plays Gaston, who I can't remember. His so name. they have those, and then they also have the ads where Nick is being interrogated by the woman from Quantico, 
Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, Nick, you are so lucky that you got to hang out with Priyanka Chopra. I know. He has like, like a shit eating grin on his in face. What in what world would you ever be on the level of Priyanka Chopra? <laughs> I think this is probably the level of The Bachelor we're going to see, like his willingness to participate in like commercials and stunts because he's just been on it so much. He must be so comfortable being in front of a camera. Yeah. I mean, this is his chance to like do a McDonald's commercial. Like Ben Higgins. Yeah. Like and ben Sean. Higgins, right. He's not throwing away a shot at doing a McDonald's <laughs> commercial. Also, we need to briefly talk about Boo. Boo is the caretaker of the estate. Um, Boo was hired for a day rate as an actor. <laughs> <laughs> he, he lives with the ghost, um, and he knows the ghost very well. Um, he was not very good at what he was doing. Like... I feel like he was supposed to convey, like, creepiness, but he kept stumbling over his lines. <laughs> there was one shot where it was him outside the, the plantation house being like, oh, no, they done spooked the ghost, <laughs> like, muttering to himself, pacing back and forth. And he says, like, if you make May mad, she's going to be mad. <laughs> I was like, you, like what? No. This is allegedly what you do for a living. You've got to have something better than that. You've got to get someone with some improv training or an improv background. Yeah. They, you know, they can just say yes and to the whole ghost spirit world. <laughs> someone with more, like, distinctive facial hair, like a really well-waxed mustache. mustache. Yeah. Oh, that would have been perfect. Yeah. I want. I wanted someone who looked sort of like a ghost. <laughs> like if they had a moment of like someone else comes in they're like wait where's boo they went Boo's Who's been dead boo? for a hundred years <laughs> <laughs> like they missed that opportunity for a gag yeah so i think we should just compile um you know some of our notes send it over to abc give them some yeah, feedback boo you did some great readings um <laughs> we just want to see a little more energy on that next page <laughs> i wonder how many times they actually did those shots of him introducing May. Certainly more than once. And yet they couldn't find one where he said things in some in sort of In the right order. Way. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, but stick around. When we get back, we'll have more with Allie. Stay with us. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> Turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort, as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts, too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe, and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, <laughs> you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season yes. again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. 
Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. Before we get back to the show, have you had a chance to find Here to Make Friends on iTunes? If not, now is the perfect time to subscribe and give us a rating. Every time we get a new subscription or review, our show climbs the iTunes chart which helps other people discover our show. Okay, now back to the show. Oh, I almost completely forgot the fact that Raven told Nick on this date that she's in love with him. Yeah, it really just slipped by. And it's so early. It's so early. Which I at least appreciated that she was sort of like, yeah, I don't really know why I said that. It's really soon. (laughs) I have to feel like after the last date, when she told him that she beat up an ex-boyfriend with a shoe for crossing her, I feel like what I wouldn't want is for him to – what I wouldn't want as him is to hear, it's only been a couple weeks, but I'm madly in love with you. What are all these nine other girls doing here? Like, that's a little – she has a history of being slightly intense. It's nice that it wasn't like, I'm in love with you or I love you. She was just sort of like, oh, yeah, and that fit. I, I love you because this fit. Like, it felt like a very natural way that it would come out. Like, it would slip out. Yeah, and she was very, she was funny about it afterwards. She's growing on me. I think, I think Nick likes her. I think she's, I think she's in for, like, a, a hometown date. Me too. I think they've built up her, is she the one that's faith family football? We got to yeah. see some yeah. faith family football. Well, yeah, we need we need to see that hometown. Yeah, add a little need variety it. to the to the mix. Right. We need a, more shots of her, you know, walking along the railroad tracks. <laughs> and getting suddenly hit by a train. 
Um, Hopefully not. Uh, see, I don't mind messing with the spiritual world. Don't walk on the railroad tracks. Yeah, do not mess me with out. the train world. <laughs> um, and I thought they seemed much more natural together than Danielle M. But Danielle M. gets the group date rose. I pegged Danielle M. to go really far at the beginning just because she has such a great story and their one-on-one date in the beginning was so great. But I think she's just like a little too reserved for him. Yeah, yeah, I, agree. I think you're right. I had her. I well, I have her in my fantasy league final four, I but too. I think I might be wrong. I and I think she just hasn't like. I think she was such a great story, and she is like genuinely a wonderful person. Yeah, it seems like uh, she and Vanessa are very close in real life. And they yeah. both seem like solid human it beings. It seems like she's well-liked in the house. Everyone was yeah. really happy when, when she... Um, Got the first one-on-one. Yeah. Um, but there's something weird about Nick's interactions with her. Like, he gave her the the rose and, and like, to offer some reassurance, as they do. But when they were having their one-on-one time, he was not really opening up to her physically. Like, she was sort of, like, wrapped around him and, like, kissing him, and he was sort of like, okay, but, like, I'm going to sit facing straight forward, and oh, yeah. you can do all like, the work. Oh, I like kissing you, like, very dreamy. He just went, oh, weird, I feel the same. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was not caught up in that moment at all. No. I was really surprised. She was, like, the last person I thought was going to get that group date rose. But, yeah, I thought Raven was going to get it for saying I, I'm in love with you. Well, I think, I think that's exactly why she did not get it because it's better TV yeah. if yeah. she doesn't get it. Now she's going to just go crazy. Right. Then she was insecure afterwards and was like, oh, my God, I told him I love him and he didn't even give me the rose. Yeah. And she's going to beat him with a shoe. I see it. That's there, next episode. There's no shortage of women's shoes around the set of this show. So he needs to watch mm-hmm. out. Um, meanwhile, Corinne and Taylor are back at the hotel getting ready. R- Taylor Rachel is, is meditating sort of, yeah. and Corinne is ordering a lot of food from room service, which I did really respect. You know, I, res- I respected that move. It just That would be me in any hotel same. that they put us in. Same. I would immediately be like, what is our room service budget? What can we expense? I loved how they showed her asking for change back at They're the like, end. They're like, she doesn't have money (laughs) change they were probably like we thought that was our tip it was not that much money (laughs) yeah um i used to tour for uh my job i was a performer and i would tour and that whenever we got to a hotel we were like how late is the bar open is there a tub i can take a bubble bath in and can we order room service or what food can we bring back to the room that was like our immediate check i mean that seems so i completely legitimate on that level (laughs) I just I just felt resentment because I was like, how can she eat all that and still weigh like 110 pounds? <laughs> it just doesn't seem fair to me. It's like well, she's flaunting that much it. Pettiness, it like absorbs a lot of your calories. I yeah. think. <laughs> That's true. Uh, poor Rachel is left to do like therapy, <laughs> group therapy, couples therapy for Taylor and Corinne. Yeah. yeah, she's like, you you both. Should just be very confident. I think. I think you might both be misunderstood. I'm like, oh, this, this poor woman. And you know that uh, Corinne and Taylor just kept coming up to her, being like, oh my god, this other bitch. One hundred percent. Like trying to read an Us Weekly from six weeks ago. 
Right. I mean, and Rachel is a full like seven, eight years older than them. That's a big difference. Yeah. But she's she must not feel threatened at all. She's like, I just had this amazing date, and here are these two literal children. <laughs> they can go on their two on one date. There's no way he's ending up with either of them. Right. She's like, I already know he's thinking about what he's going to call my dad when he meets him. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I I would be wondering about what to call Corinne is Mr. CEO. Very people smart. So she just she Mm -hmm. understands a lot of things about people. She does. And she tells Rachel, I hope he sees my heart of gold. I don't I have no comment. (laughs) Me neither. I just want to put that out there. She says a lot of things. Um, For example, She's very upset as she takes her bubble bath with a face mask and drinks an entire bottle of champagne. She's very (laughs) upset that Taylor can't see other kinds of intelligency like hers, which is more colorful. She's a more colorful kind of intelligence. She can tell what colors are. Yeah, I bet she can. I mean, that that does take a, a skill. She dresses very well. So yeah. she's got a She clearly has Corinne some color coordination. List, like one of her primary skills is like knowing the difference between eggshell and egg crew. <laughs> <laughs> I could use that. Yeah, she can know? come in and help, um, you know, with painting my apartment. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, this scene just made me hate Corinne more. I feel like everyone else is starting to get on team Corinne and I just can't do it. No, I don't. I I was more entertained by her last episode, and this episode she was grating on me a lot. Yeah, when Corinne has like an actual target, it's not as fun. Yeah, when she's just generally being like a flighty weirdo, I find it really funny and just like saying things about napping to the camera like that. I, I'm here for that. When she's repeating over and over how gross and bitchy someone is, like I just. Uh. And it's then not, she said, not and then she said, "Make America Corinne again." And I just like it was like a it was like trigger warning. Yeah, it was just like an involuntary, like full body dry heave. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not the first time that she has done that. Um, no, and we have to remember, like this was all filming during the campaign. She's so. Yeah. <laughs> I I I can't not speculate about this. She's definitely a Trump supporter. Whenever I watch any television now, I have to, like, I watch a lot of Say Yes to the Dress, and I just am looking at those women, like, did you vote for Hillary? Did you vote for Trump? And if I think they voted for Trump, I don't care if they went over budget. Yeah, well, you know what? (laughs) That's what they get. Uh, So they go on this two-on-one date. We know it's going to be a disaster from moment one. Corinne has... Because there was a human spine on the ground. I thought it was a crocodile spine. It, lo- it yeah, looked. Yeah, I, I think it was. I really a- thought it looked like a sixth grade science classroom. <laughs> it was skeleton very that had been taken apart. They it was may very have cohesive. stolen it from a sixth grade classroom. It was very clean and like fully assembled and just lying there. It was very. So we can assume that it was taken um, from a display and as placed. A prop. Yeah, yeah, um, to make it spooky. God, it was yeah. like, can we just move on from this? Can you believe but something no. was eaten here? And um, then, I, what is the date card? Or someone says, get ready to be revealed. Is that the weird white voodoo woman? She yeah. was revealed. In like a bucket hat? Oh, God. It's a it's a voodoo priestess hat. Oh, that's, okay, yes, my mistake. <laughs> as anyone like, knows. Again, like, as someone, like, my family has a lot of ties to New Orleans, and 
my mom insists that she has some sort of magic. But it just, like, it didn't make any sense to not have any, like, historical context for what voodoo is or, like, have any explanation of, like, where it comes from. And it just, like, made it look, like, silly. Well, that would be really awkward for the white woman who was in charge of the date. (laughs) She was like, here's where um, it comes from. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the Bachelor franchise isn't best known for its cultural sensitivity. It's not as I, as I have quite learned, one of its this, strengths. It felt like, oh, gosh, this, like, we're going, again, there's, like, fun stuff you could do in New Orleans that, like, well, right, that's, this that's why I didn't get it. Like, woods. this is the only thing you could come up with. I mean, it is the two-on-one date, so obviously they had to either have a dance lesson, which would allow one of them to feel like a third wheel, or they had to go to a remote, um, unsettling location where one of them could be left. Be left, like, staring down an animal that could eat them. Yes. I mean, there were a lot of gator shots, and they're not safe to be— Like, I was a little bit confused by what we were supposed to take away from this. Like, yeah, go wander around with gigantic Yeah, they were like, one of these women might end up eaten. I mean— And it it didn't seem like they were in any kind of enclosure or that it was safe. No, but they were wearing um, just, uh, like, sneakers and shorts. So they could run. Yeah, well, I was like, I would want some more protective covering. I'd be wearing, like, <laughs> leather pants. and knee I was pants. sitting there thinking, like, oh, is there Zika in New Orleans? Like, that was all I could think about. <laughs> Probably. That's clearly all Corinne was thinking about. She's not an Again, outdoorsy Again, another girl. reason Corinne and I are on the same page. We're both concerned about Zika. <laughs> <laughs> that I did relate a lot to Corinne as they kept playing clips of her, like, freaking out at mosquitoes. Because yeah, that I would is how not be, I, I would not be there for that yeah. either. Uh, so they sit down with this lady who decides <laughs> to read their tarot cards, but there's just too much tension in the there's air and the tension. energy. So, so therefore, Taylor has to stay while Nick and Corinne have some alone time, thereby allowing Corinne. Yeah, what was to Taylor thinking? Call Taylor a bully. How could she let Corinne have him first? This is the whole strategy. You have to for you have to get the time first. Though, which I don't, I don't. Didn't think Olivia that, like get time with Taylor? Is thinking a step ben ahead, first. which is Maybe so not. terrible. But I just don't think she's like active. She's too focused on Corinne. I feel for Taylor because. Early on in the show, I felt like she was trying so hard to stay out of it. I also do and think she was she trying to failed. not have her time with Nick be about Corinne. But then yeah. because Corinne had brought her up so much, she then had, was in the position of being on the defense, which is not a good position to be in. Yeah, the person who's on defense almost always ends up going home. But, like, it just doesn't... I feel like Corinne did a great job flipping the usual dynamic because by by going to him first and and therefore creating the impression that Taylor was the villain in the house because obviously the villain goes home on the two on one. Yeah. But but I, w- I expected that Nick would be a little more personal because he'd already heard from like every other woman in the entire House. But Nick also is like that. Corinne, I, I like an aggressive woman. I want to sleep with Corinne. Therefore, 
Yeah, I think he's just so blinded, like, by her boobs and that she, like, climbed on him in a bouncy house. That he's like, whatever. And he knows he can't sleep with her before the acceptable sleep with moment. He's already, because he's already done that. And it didn't know. He's already done that. that He's already had enough heat from that and been called the other guy or whatever he called um, Sean called him. Other guy. Yeah, other guy. The other guy. But I think he's just like, I just want, I think he just think she's kind of fun in that yes. way that like sometimes people think like women who are like kind of off the wall and create drama are fun because it's not none of it's directed at him except she does spend a lot of time with him complaining about the other women and explaining how mature she's being i really think he's just putting up with it because he wants and it reminds me a little bit of and this isn't a fair comparison to Caitlyn, but it reminds me of Chris Souls and Caitlyn that she sticks around until the fantasy suite date. And then he's sort of like, all right, here we are, fantasy suite. We really deserve this. Like, we deserve to, like, enjoy each other in this way. And then she goes home. And it was just, could you be more obvious about the fact that you just wanted to have sex with her? Like, it was so gross. And that's kind of yeah. what I get from this dynamic is he's like, everyone be patient. I just need to keep Corinne around until I can sleep <laughs> with her. And I think it's like, at the beginning, he did seem to be having fun with Corinne. But I think, like, her... She hasn't been able to bring any bouncy houses. She hasn't been able to bring any, you know, whipped cream or hot fudge on their group dates or anything. Yeah, I don't I don't really see any actual chemistry between the two of them. But he just he just he wants to sleep with her. Had chemistry with her like in the beginning. I think he has sexual chemistry with her. I do think it's interesting right. that it was what like the second episode when she brings out the whipped cream. And he says, Corinne is very good at stimulating chemistry between us. And I was like, well, if she's already having to do gimmicks to stimulate sexual chemistry between you, that's not a great sign. Like, it's very – this is like the second time you've seen her and she's already having to basically do a striptease to keep things fun. Well, I also think that's because Corinne has no idea what, like, actual sexual chemistry is like. Oh, totally. No. Like, I, like I joked in one of my recaps, she's like a doll that's been brought to life, and the only thing that she's ever watched has been like wild things. <laughs> that's she like so learned. She like she's someone who has been told like you are sexy. Yeah, but, like, so she plays that, that out or how to use it. Yeah, she's definitely pulling a right. lot of she's tricks like this, from... And this is what it means to be a sexy woman, and this is how you then... Yeah, she's like, I saw, like, Varsity know. Blues, and I know what I'm supposed to do now to be a man's fantasy. Doesn't work out that right. well for Allie Larder. And she's like, but, what, you know. three years older than Varsity Blues? Yeah, and I've, however, you know what I've I mean? actually never seen Varsity Blues. I was, really? I was, I was pretty young when it came out. What? <laughs> no, you were not that young. <laughs> I don't want to blow up your spot. But. No, I was I was too young to like go see it. I think the first like rom com I saw in the theaters was Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, that's a good one. But yeah, I think it was like, a good one. To okay, her, go on. a sexy older movie is Varsity Blues. When did Varsity Blues come out? <laughs> I'm good. Emma's distracted. 99. Yeah, 99. Yeah, yeah I was 11. A couple of years older than Varsity Blues. Yeah, she is. Oh, God. Yeah, she was definitely born in 94. Like, We're getting to that point yeah. now where people born in 94 are like adults. 
who go. Yeah, well, sort I used of. to teach in an after school program, and I had one of the students tell me they liked watching old movies. Oh, no. So I go, oh, what old movie? And she goes, Titanic. Oh, God. No. no. And, I go, and I go, oh, I thought you were going to say Wizard of Oz. And she goes, oh, not black and white, just old. No. <laughs> You're like, oh, are we at the point where a movie that came out in 97 is old? Yeah. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. But so I think for Corinne, it's like she just knows that like certain things are sexy because like, you know, Two Chains and James Vanderbeek tells me so. So I'm going to do sexy things. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Okay, so we, you know, we have to start wrapping this up because, as per usual, um, we like to talk too much. Yep. Um, so we have to talk about the voodoo dolls as we leave because ugh. the whole voodoo doll thread of this plot was so poorly put together. Like, so first of all. The voodoo priestess in the bucket hat starts out by saying, first, I want to talk about voodoo dolls. They're actually not for hurting people. It's about, like, energy and, like, keeping things on the up and up and healing. They only hurt you if you hurt other people. Well, and that's the thing is, like, Nick's like, oh, so they're not used for hurting people? And she's like, no, they are. Yeah. <laughs> in total contradiction to what I just said. They're totally used for hurting people. Let's be very clear and about that. I will that. give you one to hurt people. Right. right. Corinne's like, so how do you make a voodoo doll uh, directed at one person? I don't know who, like, like, and won't reveal who that person is, but just, like, to a person. I, I don't think that you can, like, I... The fact that they just gave her a voodoo doll, I don't think that was a tailor or voodoo doll. Don't you have to do something a little more involved? <laughs> I would hope so. Otherwise, yeah, you could just, I, like, I pick think up so. Any doll and call it a voodoo doll. Right. I thought you were supposed to have like some hair or something. Like, I don't know. There's what I'm certainly talking about. a more complex process than what we saw. But it, I think I it was very. I genuinely thought because they had that shot of like Taylor walking in the woods kind of by herself and. Corinne stabbing the voodoo doll. I thought they were going to cut it with like a clip of Taylor tripping to like make you think <laughs> it was real. That would have been brilliant. They probably are just dying that they didn't think of doing that right now. Um, I think that at least like Corinne got a little bit of her anger out. She was really enjoying pushing the pin into the doll. Yeah, she's and that's really emotionally what, intuitive and aware. It's about healing. And she was just healing herself. She was healing herself. That's true. And Taylor is a water sign, which she made sure the the tarot card reader knew. So they're both very emotionally intuitive and aware. I don't know what that means. Um, sorry. Sorry, Taylor. Um, so I eventually... I don't think that has anything to do with tarot cards. I, I, don't, I think, don't think tarot cards have anything to do with voodoo. Right? That no. Was all just completely they're just disconnected. Like, these can, these, we, we can just put these together. Yeah, it's like, all we're spooky. Gonna, we'll just read your chart and read your palm, and it's all weird voodoo. Like, yeah, I no. think it, they acted like voodoo just meant like anything kind of spooky. Well, that that is the general. They definitely they just found a, a an actress, and they were like, "Would you be willing to <laughs> say whatever we wanted you to say?" And she was and like, "Yeah, well, absolutely. How much will you pay me?" Like surrounded by African statues, and there were there were like black people in the scene. But they did not have speaking parts, so no. I don't Just, know what their uh, thoughts were. ABC mirroring Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, of course, as we know, Corinne gets the rose because, as Nick explains, 
this is about how he feels about them, not about how the women feel about each other. Uh, and Corinne just has a little, you know, victory party with herself. She's she, nice until she's crossed. She just is really feels good that, you know, the negative energy hasn't ruined everything. And she she does a little um, imagines what Taylor is writing in her diary. <laughs> and it is so it sounds so much like what I like what Trump would say if he were imagining one of his enemies writing in a diary. And she went period at the end period. of it. And it just made me think of his press secretary. Yes. <laughs> Like, I was already thinking that, and then she said, period. And I was like, yeah. what are you t- <laughs> And doesn't like uh, Taylor knows. then throw in a line about how Corinne is egocentric and toddler-like? I can't disagree with Something that. Something like that. It was yeah. kind of great. And this was all also, like, happening as the whole Sally Yates thing was going down. My Twitter feed was just, like, a very confusing mix of politics and The Bachelor. Pretty much the same. Yeah, some crossover point. tweets. It was, you know, I was like, nothing is sacred. We can't get a nothing break. Nothing is safe. Yeah. Um, and Taylor got purified and had like a cleansing ceremony. Oh, yeah, that was a very before odd she got back on a boat like moment. in the middle of the night to go back to land or whatever. Yeah, I really couldn't tell what I, we I were also supposed like, to think happened there, that she was left there, and then she wandered over and she was like, Oh, hi. Are you just going to pour? Oh, okay. Sure. Just an accidental purification ceremony. It was. And, of course, mm. then we end on another freaking to be continued. I'm over it. Taylor I don't want these to, to happen anymore. Tell Nick, because otherwise, Corinne and Nick's relationship will be built off of whipped cream and lies. <laughs> there, there are and worse I mean, ways. In the, in the next week on, were they insinuating that they both went home? They were insinuating that almost and now too I'm convinced obviously. that Corinne does not go home. It because it, it's just too they they insinuated it too hard, and that makes me suspicious. Yeah, fool me once, The Bachelor. I thought Corinne might go home this week. Me too. I was so wrong. I was so wrong. Um, but they are just letting Taylor just like go full, full off the wall, unhinged. When she had seemed so put together, and she's like, "No, I won't stand for this." Yeah, she she's not going to come off um, that well next week. I'm going to guess. And I'm such a partisan. I was like, "Go Taylor, go get her." You just know it's not going to work out for her. You're I like, know just it's give not it going to work go, out for her. Go back to the hotel, enjoy a few yeah, days in New Orleans by yourself. Yeah, go eat, get some beignets. Eat all the food on ABC's dime. Uh, and I think yeah. that's that's a perfect note for us to wrap up on. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. This was really fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. And now, welcome to Feminism Fails, where we rate the most cringeworthy anti-lady moments of the week on our very own patented Feminism Fail Scale. One, you do you, bro. Two, that's questionable. Three, not cool people. Four, the 1950s are back. Five, gender equality is straight up dead. And now for Feminism Fails. Um, First of all, this week, Nick discusses asking Rachel's father and, of course, three other fathers for their daughter's hand in marriage. Fathers. I thought we talked about this last season and the season before that and the season before that. We're going to give that a four because listen to us 
about this, please. Yeah, come on. Nick, you've listened to this show. You know better. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, Taylor and Corinne spend the majority of this episode calling each other bitches. Could to give that one a three? Just yeah, just I'll a be glad when all veil of this, of ickiness. yeah, when all of this drama can be over. And now for our tweet of the week. This week it comes from none other than the lovely Olivia Caridi at Olivia Caridi. This debate about the definition of emotional intelligence is really affecting my mental health. Same. Same. <laughs> And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Ali Barthwell, and our producer, Nick Offenberg. If you haven't yet, remember to find Here to Make Friends on iTunes to subscribe and give us a five-star rating and glowing review. We're also on Facebook, so please like us. You can also find us both on Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emily D. Rose. Or you can send us an email at heretomakefriends at huffingtonpost.com. Thanks for listening. Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency creates personalized anti-aging formulas that smooth fine lines, lighten dark spots, and improve the appearance of dark circles. Each formula is tailored to you and prescribed by a licensed dermatology provider. Formulas are customized with clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than retinol. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel anytime. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.